we're with it. The radio code of the NAB. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy, it calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman. Welcome to our little radio show. Uh, with me in the studio is our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. A very brief gesture of acknowledgement is suggested. You know, a hey would suffice. Well, uh, But that would not allow me sufficient time to express my gratitude to our listeners who've chosen to share the next hour with us, Spud. You know, mm. with all the other entertainment options they have, it's almost uh. mind-boggling that they tuned in right now. Uh, we have the best listeners in the world, don't you think? Yeah, but think no so. one likes a kiss ass, so I would dial oh. it down a notch or two. Well. Also with us is our designated laugher, Gina, who is back with us after her recent maternity leave. So happy that you chose to return to the show. You have no idea. This program, without a guaranteed laugh, whenever I opened my mouth, was it was a real downer. Because, uh, you know, positive reinforcement is addictive. <laughs> thank well, you. thank you, Spud. Thank you. But I won't lie, it was a tough decision to choose between you know, caring for my newborn, which requires 24 hours a day of constant vigilance in our stuffy one-bedroom apartment this summer, and sitting in an air-conditioned radio studio for a couple hours laughing at some guys babbling. Well, well. I'm Badly, not insane. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, that is messed up, yo. Well, I should add, though, my timing may be a bit off for a while until I get back into the swing of Yeah, things. at this point, I'll, I'll take a laugh before, during, or after I open my mouth, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, excuse me, Spud, but shouldn't we make our big announcement before we get going? I am so pumped no, about this. If, if there's a big announcement, I'm, it's going to be made by the host of the show, don't you think? <laughs> well, listen, I mean, no disrespect, but our executive producer felt it would be wise that I handle this if you don't I was mind. not aware of this edict. Uh, well, listen, <clears throat> the Spud Goodman Show is proud to announce our return to terrestrial radio. Come on, we you can are do it. now being aired uh, on KKNW 11:50 a.m. Alternative Talk in Seattle. So, in addition to the many web-based radio outlets that carry us, we are now back on over the air too. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? The Spud Goodman Show is back on terrestrial radio. At least for a bit, or until Spud utters the word shit. 
mean, yeah, it's cool. You know, our internet stations have been really, really good to us. But, you know, now, because we're doing this, we're going to have to bleep you every time you use the F word. Me? Well, that's very funny, Spud. Don't, don't you think, Gina? Uh, not especially. Well, listen, everyone who's heard this show knows I would never, ever utter any language that would be in violation of common decency. Uh, not, just call, be- yo. not just Can because my amazing wife, really Rachel, is listening right now, and yeah. understandably she's offended by such language, but also because I feel yeah, the okay, seven whatever. dirty words that are currently banned should be expanded on. Like, um, like, what about crap? You use that questionable word way too much in my judgments, Spud. Uh, okay, Mr. Word Police. <laughs> When any of the words above you? Goodman. Well, if you really want to know, I've often cringed when you use the word buttload. It's it's just crap. <laughs> it's crass. Hey, sorry, I was not aware it bothered you. Buttload is a term to describe a huge, non-quantitative amount of something. Everybody knows this. Well, okay, but I, I feel it'd be more appropriate to just say a very large amount rather than resort to questionable slang. All right, I'm going to try to limit my use of buttload in the future. Can I now just move along and play yeah. some music? Uh, by all means. Yeah, thank you. you okay, here's a song by one of my favorite all-time artists, Graham Parker, who appeared live on our Foxnet show in 1996, I believe. The video is now up on our YouTube channel and uh, Facebook page to check out, and it includes my interview with him. He is, in my opinion, one of the all-time greats, and has clearly not received the acclaim he's due. Here he is, Mr. Graham Parker with Not That Much. Get a lot of girl singers obsessed with Aretha. You get a lot of little swingers wishing they could be her. Some of those sisters can rock and roll. All God's children got a little bit of soul, but not that much. Oh, no, no, not that much. Get a lot of fat Christians You wanna throw to the lions Put them in a barrel And roll them off the top of Mount Zion Ignorant acceptance is their only aim With Jesus your life will be better They claim but not that much Oh no, no, not that much, yeah Hey, hey Some advertisement Or with a big fussy band Or some rock and roll museum concert Well she still got the lungs And the dress and the stole You might even say the girl still got soul But not that much Oh no, no, not that much yeah. You get a lot of little monkeys uh, Swinging from the treetops you get a lot of little flunkies singing on top of the pops, yeah. Some of them appear in the gutter press, telling you their lives are in a mess, but not that much. Oh, no, no, not that much. You get a lot of little stringers pulling out their pen knives, cutting up history. Juggling with lives Yeah, being a reporter is a glamorous trade You don't even have to tell the truth to get paid Well, not that much Oh, no, no, not that much, yeah 
But now when you hear Aretha Singing on some advertisements Or with a big fussy band Or some rock and roll hall of fame concert Wish you still got the lungs and the dress and the mink stole You might even say the girls still got soul But not that much Ah, oh, no, no, not that much, yeah Hey, 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 Chain, 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 chain of fools. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hi, it's Kevin Nealon, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show, but not for long. Whew. Hey, uh, Spud, our first guest, Rob Schneider, is on the line holding. Cool. It's been a while since we've chatted on the show. Did you know that Rob Schneider, in addition to being a funny man, knows a lot about vitamins and supplements? Uh, He's uh, sort of an expert. Uh, yeah, I do know because we talked about it the last time he was on. Well, you know, I thought that sounded familiar when I read that about him in Wikipedia. Do, do you even listen to the show? I mean, you <laughs> yeah. sit there for an hour doing basically nothing. I do. If you aren't listening, what are you doing? Well, you know, I have a slight attention deficit disorder. So should we put yes, Rob on Yes, put him on. Uh, all right. All right, please welcome back to the show, actor, comedian Rob Schneider. Hey, thanks a bunch uh, for calling in. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Uh, well, let me start with the, mentioning your TV show, The Real Rob. Uh, for those who are not aware, you went rogue and uh, bypassed the studio machine by financing it yourself in addition to writing, producing, and directing the episodes. I myself also really dig the Orson Welles route. So I guess what I was going to say was I, I guess you were able to survive without notes from the suits. And I think I asked you that before. Uh, did You didn't send yourself notes, did you? Uh, yeah, but you know, self-censorship is the worst form of censorship. Yes. Most dangerous, you know. When you, but you have to have some boundaries, and nobody gives you. Got to give it to yourself. And um, yeah, it was fun. So I can't wait for people to start to see it. It's going to come out in a couple of months. We're going to make a big announcement probably next week where where it's coming out on. We just signed a deal, so it's a very exciting. Super, super. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your wife's uh, co-writes or pro- produces also it with you. She does. She's a real boss. I just do whatever she tells me to do. I'll be honest with you. All right. She's yeah. She's uh, she co-writes. Uh, it was kind of like you know with Faulty Towers, my favorite show ever. And you know he, uh, John Cleese wrote it with his wife Connie Booth. Right. And uh, you know and that Faulty Towers is just the, the Mona Lisa of comedies, comedy sitcoms. It's just awesome. So so I wanted to do something like that, and um, I'm proud of how it came out. It's good. So people like it. You have a new film, also, uh, with Adam Sandler, The Ridiculous Six. Is it in the can, or soon to be in the can, or maybe someday we'll no. be in the can? It's done. It's done. It's done, done, done. Oh. It we're just, um, we're, um, uh, it's going to come out on Netflix in um, uh, December. Oh. So, uh, yeah, and I just saw it, and it's, I think it's Adam's best movie. So I'm really excited about that. I hope people really like it, and they'll get a chance to see it in their own homes, and, uh, just on Netflix. So that seems to be the destination place these days. It really does. Yeah, why not? I like it. Um, 
well, uh, they, they've been great. A lot of freedom. It off the record is Sandler pretty low key on the set, or does he occasionally go all Christian Bale on the crew members? Because I haven't really seen any clips oh, of him no. losing he, it. I've never seen him do that one time. Never. He's just a complete gentleman, and you know he knows how to get the best of the people. But by the way, just just for the record, as far as that's concerned, Christian Bale had every right to lose his shit on that one. Yeah. I defend him as an actor. You know, you can't have a guy. I mean. I mean, it is, you shouldn't scream at other people in public, or but like he had a right to be angry. That guy should not have walking around with a guy doing a scene. You know, that was just crazy. So, I mean, I understand the guy being upset. Say, Spud, I hope you don't take what Rob just said and feel it's okay to maybe yell even more at your staff here in the studio. I mean, I won't lie. I've gone home to the wife with tears in my eyes after you went off on me for some minor thing. Listen, us artists need to have a creative space where we can create. I can I can relate to Christian Bale. He and I both are method performers, and when we're doing our thing, the last thing we need is a distraction. For him, it could be a gaffer or crew guy killing the mood, and with this show, it's usually you uh, or the interns doing something to break my focus. I have no tolerance for that. I'm just saying that you might want to lighten up a bit with your approaches. You take it way too seriously. After all these years, I'm not going to change my process. So let me get back to the interview with Rob if you don't mind. Okay, sure. But just keep it in mind. Well, I have to then ask you, on the real Rob, you you, you don't have any clips on the net either about you going off, so I guess you're pretty mellow too. Yeah, and I also control all the stuff that goes on the net, so I'm not stupid. But, but yeah, no, sometimes it gets heated. You know, it's like work at any place, you know, you just, but you want to, if you're making a comedy, you want to keep it light and fun for the most part and have a good time. That was the whole point of doing this job was to avoid a real job and uh, do something that you can enjoy and have fun every day. Well, on a sports angle, how did you get into supporting the Mexican soccer team, the the Tigres? Um, did, do you own a piece of them? And if so, have you demanded to maybe play with them when you have a weekend off or something or? I would love that. Well, uh, it's my father-in-law. He's a Tigres fan. So, uh, and I love Monterey. So that's my team. So that's how I ended up supporting them. And, um, you know, anything my wife, cause she's, you know, her father-in-law, you got to get in with the father-in-law. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You don't make them angry. Um, and also, they're just, uh, you know, it's the people's team. And um, they're just hard-working, great bunch of guys. And I like to see them play. And, um, I'm going to get out there for the Clásico next year against the Reynados. That's the Clásico, so I'll get out there. Super. You know, if, if I owned a basketball team, I mean, I, I maybe I wouldn't start myself because people would say I'd be micromanaging the coach, but I'd play about 90% of the game because I could still hit a three. So do you, do you play any sports uh, at all at this time? I know Sanders a big hooper. Um, well, you know what? I was playing sports. I was playing baseball for a while, but you got to get so many people to play baseball. It's kind of tough. You know, I wish I could just... You know, basketball, you can just play one other guy. Sandler plays basketball all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. All right, moving on to politics. What's your take on the candidacy of one Donald Trump? Well, you know that drunk guy at the end of the bar who was like, you know what, if I had to, i tell you what I'd do if I get in. And then finally, just that guys are actually running. And it's Donald Trump. You know, he's the crazy guy at the end of the bar. So finally, you know, who's running, which is good. I mean, at least I think some of us, you know... Some of the stuff he said about the Hispanics is just outrageous. Yeah. And um, yeah. but but uh, I think that uh, it, you know at least I'm, I'm and I like anybody else running besides uh, the establishment. You know, just because you know I'm, I'm going to vote for anybody that doesn't have the last name Clinton or Bush. Right. 
Well, you, you don't think he actually believes what he says about immigrants, or, or he's just playing to the KKK wing of the, you know, the far right, don't you think? Because, I don't know, I mean... I, I hope he doesn't believe that. You know, it's just, I don't think he was really thinking. Um, I think he's trying to, uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's any of his um, rhetoric is thought out. I just think he's just riffing and coming up with stuff. And it's, you know, unfortunately... When you say things, you can add fuel to the fire because there's a lot of idiots out there who believe that. And you don't want to increase racism. I mean, first of all, I've never seen people work harder in my life than uh, Hispanic people. I mean, the people who get this, I mean, California would just shut down if we didn't have uh, Mexican people. So the idea that somehow, uh, you know, these people are making society worse, is just, it just appeals to the lowest denominator in people. And, uh, you know, it, it, any kind of hate speech, um, you know, appeals to angry people. It doesn't appeal to smart people. It doesn't appeal. It's not making the world a better place. So, right. you know, I mean, but like I said, I don't really take him seriously yet. And, and maybe he'll adjust his views. I mean, if he becomes a real candidate, uh, which is a possibility, it just kind of goes to show how crazy our politics are in America. You yeah. know, so... Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, you know he's going to be good for comedy, no matter what. Absolutely. You know, I interviewed uh, Trump uh, a few years back, and I think he thought I was an immigrant too, as he didn't want to shake my hand. I guess the guy's a germaphobe. But anyway, that's another story. I won't bore you with the details. Spud, uh, I've seen your interview from your old cable TV show with Donald Trump. Uh, he sure didn't seem to like you. It, it looked like he was treating you like a special needs person. Excuse me for a brief moment, Rob. It didn't go well, did it? Well, not really. But back then, when I interviewed him, I just thought he was another. A- billionaire shilling a book about how he got rich but i guess i underestimated him and now it's clear besides still being an asshole billionaire he's also got this joseph goebbels vibe going that's attracting all haters of anybody not white you know i mean he's a lot smarter than i'd thought as he's now the new george wallace i guess well if you ever get to interview him again i think you should tell him right off the bat that you are not mentally handicapped thank you for the advice now where was i oh yeah so, you, you know, you've been very involved in the movement to require the disclosure of pesticides that are used in our food system. What is the downside to providing the truth to consumers? Could it be that Monsanto's maybe a really a misunderstood multinational corporation, as their print ads say? Well, the, the, our government and the corporations think that people are dumb and they don't want them to have information because that information is power. And they may use that information to decide what's best for themselves and their families. And so there's a real, you know, there's a real concerted effort to uh, conceal, um, you know, everything. I mean, how much the government's spying on us and, what you know, what poisons are in our food. And unfortunately, um, you know, we have a a population that is not healthy. We have 50 percent of children out there that are uh, have some form of chronic illness. And, you know, it's got to be something. It's got to be the food. It's got to be the water. We have to put everything on the table and see what's happening to make our, our people healthier. And I really do think that um, uh, Monsanto is poisoning the, the food system. I really do. I do think that uh, we're not as healthy as we could be. And um, I think people have, should have a, it just should be a human right to know what's in your food. Yeah, I, I think, I think if so. You don't, I think so. If you don't care, yeah, if you don't care what's in your food, I think you have, uh, you know, 
you, you've got some issues that you need to really consider. So I got to ask you then, what's up with Congress repealing the law requiring, uh, you know, meat being labeled without the country of origin? I'd like to know if my hot dog came from like Somalia or Mongolia. How about you? Yeah, well, I think you should, I mean, it's a, again, a basic human right that's yeah, being, yeah. you know, taken away. But most Americans don't seem to know about what's happening, what their government's doing. You have Congress that has like a, a 3% approval rating. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe it's 7%. And yet they're making laws that are affecting the lives of everybody. And uh, like I said, you know, if people don't stand up and ask uh, where their food's from or demand it or, or speak with their dollar, just don't buy stuff that's not labeled. I mean, you know, they just depend on our apathy. And unfortunately, there's a lot of apathy out there. Right. People, have to, uh, people have to demand the kind of um, world that they want and the kind of leadership that they want. And right now, there's a real vacuum. And I think they're just, they're not doing, Congress has for years not doing what's in the best interest of the American people. Uh, that's an understatement. I would totally agree with that one. Uh, all right, well, let's get back to something a little lighter. Do you enjoy stand-up more now than when you first started out in the Bay Area when you were a teenager? Do you, do you still have any of your old yeah. material? I was wondering. I mean, I, I, no, I don't do any of my old material. I think you have to kind of move on. I mean, there was some stuff that I was tempted to want to do that was still kind of, that made sense, but I, I like talking about stuff that has to do with my life now. And I think people who come who've been transplanted for a while, you know, they want to hear what I think about different things. And you know, for a while I, I talked about the politics, and now I just talk about what's happening in my own life. All right, Rob. Last question: uh, What person, a civilian outside of show business, have you found to be the most memorable that you came across? Maybe a high school PE teacher, a neighbor, you know, uh, I don't know, a stalker if you've had one, or anybody that that then you've met in your life outside of show business just stuck with you. It's just been somebody that's that's. Oh uh, yeah, Dr. M. Scott Peck, the guy who wrote *The Road Less Traveled*. Right. Um, he was a beautiful guy, and. Um, he said something I'll never forget, you know. He said, this world seems deviously designed with our own personal growth in mind. Everything is supposed to challenge us this lifetime is going to do it whether it wanted to or not. And he was just a very generous guy. And that's a really great book, The Road Less Traveled. And um, he passed away in 2010. Uh, he was just a really amazing person. And uh, his books are, I still think about them quite often. Uh, just an incredible person. All right, super. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming back on the show, man, and I hope we can talk again. Thanks. I'm sure we will when the TV show comes out. We all over. Very super. All right. Mr. All right. Thanks very much. Take care now. Mr. Rob Schneider. Hey, fish guy. I think there's something wrong with my fish, eh? The next 48 hours are critical. But I have to go to Switzerland for business. How about you stay here and look after my fish? This is one of radio's most famous musical productions. The program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is a Spider-Gibbon Show. All right, it is musical guest interview time. Please welcome our guest for tonight. It is Sherry Vox Johnson, the star of Janice Lives, a live musical celebration of Janice Joplin. And her band's also with her in the studio. Hello, everyone. Hey, Spud. Thanks for having us. All right, super. Um, I got to ask you right off the bat, what prompted you guys to do a massive Janis Joplin tribute stage show? I mean, rather than say a Cher or, or a Joan Jett one, does the person <laughs> need to be dead before you can do a huge tribute kind of thing? <laughs> 
Well, it doesn't seem that way. There seems to be lots of tributes out there to living artists. Um, actually, I think what inspired these guys was me out there searching for someone, and, and uh, they love the music. And what inspired me is I've had... Uh, I've had people tell me for years that I remind them of Janis Joplin and that I sound like Janis you Joplin think? and that I should totally do a Janis Joplin, uh, a Janis Joplin production. And so, uh, so yeah. Dang, well, this is a huge production. I mean, you guys even have like a fog machine, which is very cool. And <laughs> did you bring it? Because I always wanted to have one at my apartment for like certain holidays. I mean, does that add mystique or what when people see it? I mean, I don't know. When they open I, the door, that'd be You fun. know, I, I can't say that we Janice Lives have a fog machine. We've right. just we've just played some shows that have All right. It. Well, I've seen you guys perform live and you had a fog machine. It was very cool. <laughs> All right. So, Sincere, you really do look like Janice Joplin uh, yes, in her prime. Uh, and that's kind of spooky. I got to be honest I, with you. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess though she died in her prime, right? So, um, I guess that's twenty-seven. Maybe, yeah, the only upside maybe of going young is that's what they remember you as, I guess. But, For sure, yeah. Um, so, uh, what is there anything particularly that that drew you to her? Well, what's what's not? Besides, you look you like her. You sound like her. <laughs> I mean, uh, besides I, all that stuff. You know, I I came I came here to the Pacific Northwest uh, to to have an original blues rock band, and uh, so when when I made that transition to blues music, um, and people heard me sing it, it just people just really thought that I was so much like Janice, and so I just heard it over and over and over again for at least a decade, and finally it was like, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and do this. All right. Well, hey, you guys in the band, I got. did you guys study up on Big Brother and the holding company to see how they carried themselves? You know, how, how, what kind of fringe vests did they wear? How long their sideburns were? That kind of stuff? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no? That's a negative? <laughs> All right. Okay, what's the name of the first song? We are going to do some Bobby McGee for you. All right. Good call.
The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, excuse me, Spud. Uh, your mother is on the phone. You want, you want to take this, right? Oh, what choice do I have? I mean, she's my mother. Hey, put it through. <laughs> hey, Mom, you there? I spud my baby. I don't have much time as the girls and I go to see that Chippendale show that is in town tonight. Super. Okay, the boys are not current Chippendale dancers. It's sort of an encore tour for them as they are all about to retire from performing. Yeah. This will be their last 
tour, as some of them have high miles. Yeah. I want to get a good seat, but my ride is running late. Okay, is that all you called in to tell me? I mean, have fun and be careful. You know, Mom, STDs are nothing to laugh at, especially at your age. Oh, don't you worry about me. I plan on taking every precaution. When I get my table dances, I have two full boxes of antibacterial wipes with me. All right. Good. But anyway, why I'm calling is I heard you mention earlier tonight that you are now on a terrestrial radio station, too, in addition to your Internet stations. Now people can listen to me on their car radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we're on KKNW in Seattle now. Uh, oh. Mrs. Goodman, you'll be pleased to know that Spud will be forced to clean up his language now that he's uh, under FCC restrictions. Who said that? Is he the intern? No, Mom. It's Gerald Holcomb. He's yeah. a temporary fill-in co-host. You've talked to him on the air many times. You don't remember him? Not really, but I make it a point to only remember important people to save my brain power. I read about this in Red Book. It keeps your memory fresh and fully charged. You, you know, if you just got to know me, Mrs. Goodman, I think you'd be impressed with my people skills. People skills are overrated. Everyone on both sides of Smuts family had terrible people skills, and hmm. most of us, all of us have done quite well in life. All right, Mom, don't brag. It just makes me uncomfortable. But could you, like, I don't know, could I you... Uh, just a second. Just a second, hon! Uh, my ride is at the door. Got a scoot. I'll get you a program from the Chippendale Review. Love you! Yeah, I love you too, Mom, and I'll pass on the program, all right? Well, uh, hey, Spud, uh, did you give any thought to the different expectations we face now that we're back on terrestrial radio again? Uh... First of all, we were never on terrestrial radio in the past. I had my own show on AM radio, and I well, believe you were probably then in the early stages of your current other career selling carpet and linoleum, right? <laughs> Too late, no. Uh, listen, I was not with you in the past when you had your old radio show. N- but I- No, you weren't. So please refrain from saying we. You are a temporary co-host who is filling in, all right? Uh, let's just be accurate here. Well, I, I just thought now that I'm a member of the team, using the word we was acceptable and the correct is, it, by the way, it's permanent temporary co-host. I've been informed as long as I get through my period of probation, this position's mine. Uh, Of course, the uncertainties of radio broadcasting. I maintain my job as assistant sales manager at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. If anyone's interested... It's not that easy. We're open Monday through Saturday, but we're closed on Sundays for family time, You just had to get that plug in, didn't you? Sorry. I'll I'll try to remember to keep my references to South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum to a minimum in the future. I'm just really proud of our store. Truth be told, Gerald, you hawking carpet and linoleum isn't going too well. Like being written up for not being able to sell. Stuff like that is going to get you sent to retail sales hell. (laughs) Hey, could I jump in here? I have a question regarding what is appropriate laughter for an AM radio radio show, Spud. You gave me many types of FM radio drive uh, time team so I could learn the right tone for my laughter. But I have no clue what the right tone for an AM is. Side. It's just about the same. It's just Bokey, maybe a little more low-key. This is bowling. Okay. Well, I take my job seriously, so it's important to me that I get this right. Uh, Gina, I, for one, appreciate your attention to detail, but you know, just about any breathing human could feel your position as a designated laughter. Still, it's great to hear you're giving it your all. Look, I'm, I'm not exactly an expert on this topic myself, Gina, but the people at this new station are cool, and just don't worry about it. Just do your thing. It's all good. That's so hot. <laughs> Did that sound okay? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I just say just relax and, and, and let's just get back to the show. Mr. Temporary, your permanent co-host, can you check and see if our next guest is oh, on the line, please? Absol- absolutely, Spud. And uh, yeah, they're, they're telling me our next guest, Hal Sparks, is on the line. I know you really like Hal, huh? Yeah, I, I do, but I'm a professional talk show host and I, I cannot let that prevent me from being objective in our interview. I can't go sappy and serve him up all softball questions. Really? Isn't that kind of what you have to do? He's the main job of a talk show host, I think. Well... No need to share that with everyone, okay? I mean, we have to keep something on a need-to-know basis. Sorry. Because right now, after you said that, I sort of feel like the Wizard of Oz after the curtain was pulled back. Thanks a lot. Oh, sorry. Should, should <laughs> yeah, I put just him put him on. All right. All right. Please welcome back to the show actor, director, musician, talk show host, and yes, comedian Hal Sparks. Hal, I hope things are swell for you right now. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that my... Uh, my lifelong main gig has almost been pushed to the tail end of my description simply by the Im- amount of things that I do. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's uh, yeah. rather lengthy. Yeah. Uh, well, this is true. Let Let's open our conversation with your radio show on WCPT in Chicago. It airs each Saturday at eleven to one p.m. Central. Is that right? And people can also find it on your YouTube uh, channel. It's Central Time. Yeah, for for Seattle people, it would be uh, nine a.m. Yeah, we're uh, on, nine to eleven. We're on all yeah. over the place now. We're on in Florida, Detroit, and a few other places. So I just that's I'll just great. go with Central. So, um, yeah. So as as someone, and that's me, who's followed you previously way back on Stephanie Miller's radio show. What's the future for progressive radio programs? Is the talk show business, at least on the AM side of radio, now one hundred percent solely for old cranky white men hosts? I mean, there are some old cranky uh, uh, white women on the, on the AM dial too. But do we got to wait for them to pass on for the demographic or something to change? Yeah, I think your the the podcast movement in and of itself um, took what you know the the attention and the depth of conversation that's going on um, largely on the left, even libertarian thought, um, any kind of you know modernized, open-minded, forward-thinking, socially liberal thought form has really kind of strongly launched into the podcast world. Um, and, and that's, you know, became the, largely a domain of comedians. It's clearly a, a you know, a, a the, sort of the future of how people are going to absorb talk anyways. Um, it's commercialist. It's long form. It can be hours long without interruptions, and people still seem to gravitate to it, um, unlike the kind of, you know, uh, chopped up 7 to 12 minute, standardized form of uh, AM radio. Right. That being said, um, it's been no accident. It's, you know, it's been forced into that circumstance largely by the fact that conservative uh, media companies are buying up AM stations all over the country and elbowing any thought that doesn't agree with them out of the way, not making a profit on it because San Francisco and Los Angeles being a great example, you know, progressive radio getting knocked off. Um, off the radio by Bain Capital, who owns Clear Channel. Uh, um, yeah, Mitt Romney's company. Romney's. After the loss, they said the problem with messaging, they are completely out of their mind and actually think that it's, it's how people hear what they're doing, not that people hear that what they're doing. Right. <laughs> that's the problem. Right. Um, so that's, that's, that's really what's going on, is that you've got a lot of... Um, that this is the conservative AM radio is now the single messaging arm along with Fox News of 
the conservative movement. I wouldn't even call it Republican anymore. Right, right. Well, let's discuss Bernie Sanders taking on Hillary Clinton. I myself am paralyzed by fear that this might end up in a replay, you know, of the Ralph Nader situation, which did change the course of, of history around the world. Uh, yeah. Are you... Sanders are you isn't going to... Yeah, Sanders won't run as an independent if he if he loses to Hillary in this run. He's not, not a stupid not. man. Hope not. Nader... While he is an intellectually uh, sound human being, is a stupid man. Um, he does not play out um, his plans well. He's very clever and very driven um, on some fronts, but his problem was is that he allowed kind of the ego of it and and kind of his anger about it to to win the day in his thought, and that that was a mistake. That was you know he ended up being the Ross Crow of two thousand and. Um, but the, it, cost, in, the cost, the cost of what he did, oh, totally. it's just, if yep. you think about it, it just, it almost brings you to your knees, what, you know, what the world would be like today, you know, <laughs> if uh, Mr. No Gore would have won. No question, you're absolutely right. And in many ways, um, Al Gore is somehow, you know, is, is, is a bit to blame for that, for allowing the margin yep. to be narrow enough to be yep. stolen. Yep. Um, and that's, that if they, and, and it's almost like a lesson that Kerry needed to learn as well. And the, the lesson overall is, and Hillary has learned this lesson, she learned it from Barack Obama last time. He taught it to her very well, is that you do not play to lose. If I may add here, isn't it nice for you to speak with someone who shares the same politics as you, Spud? I know it's awkward for a lot of guests to hear your far-out liberal agenda. I'm a registered Democrat, geez. I think deep down you share some of my beliefs, but you're scared of your wife. How do you sit through watching O'Reilly, Megyn Kelly, and Hannity each night? That's not love, that's mind usurping. Look, if it keeps the peace in the home, I can watch Fox News a bit during the week. Um, now, the weekends, though, are mine. I tune into CNN quite often. Styrofoam news? Though I do enjoy their holograms from time to time, I gotta say that. Uh, Spud, marriage means you have to compromise. I know it's tough for someone like you to understand. I can't compromise. I compromise all the time. That's not why my marriages have failed. It was much, much more about my snoring. But that's another topic. Can I get back to how, please? Uh, you bet. You know, my co-host here seems to think it's cool to just jump in whenever he feels the urge. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Hal. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Okay. Um, okay, well, let me move on to your day job right now. As a director for yeah. Disney on the Lab Rat series, how cool is it to say action and cut whenever you feel like it? Because if you're hungry, can you just say, let's let's break for lunch, even if it's like 9 in the morning? <laughs> um, you can do that almost on a film. You can never do that in television because oh. you basically are responsible for the same quality and level of production that you would have on a film um, in two days. Oh. You know? And so, so you're just, you're jammed. As a matter of fact, you have a tendency to, like, call action just so people don't go to the craft service table. <laughs> well, on the upside, the, people will bring you stuff more than when you're just the actor because the idea is you can't leave. At all. Have you thought about maybe as a director and kind of the head coach of bringing in just really crappy craft services food so people don't want to take a break for food? Oh, they were way ahead of me on that. Oh. We're, we, we already have that. Still doesn't stop anything. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. At a certain point, sustenance is sustenance. If you want to, I mean, are we really going to have a conversation about whether or not people will eat crap? Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's free. It's free, and that just takes everything off the table as far as, yeah. That, That's exactly it. It's just there, and you stare at it. It's like, it's like an open fridge. You're standing there just looking inside, hoping the ingredients will change, but they don't. So you just grab something anyway. 
All right. Well, you also have a band, Zero One, and we've played some of your music on our show. Uh, what, what would be mm-hmm. more of a high for you, getting an Emmy or for acting or directing or having a number one song on the charts? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, probably the number one song just because um, giving an award for art is always weird to me. Don't get me wrong. I want all of them, and I will get them. By God, I will get them. Um but like, an, you know, the idea that you can win an Oscar for best crying this year in many ways, when it's the, the, the subjectivity of art should belie the fact that it should get you should get awards for it. You know what I mean? It's a little silly. Monetary uh, attention can't be argued with, though, in art. It's, if you want to if you're an arena rock band, this isn't about what song best, best new song, best album. This is just a lot of people liked it. <laughs> Right. And that that I can stand behind as far as a charting thing. That can let me know, you know, as as an arena rock guy, you know, that I'm doing my job right in that regard. Well, um, I want to say this as far as your acting uh, career, you you should have got an award for 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 your work on Chorus Folk because that was kind of a groundbreaking show, and I, everybody did a lot of did some great stuff thanks. on that. I, yeah. I completely agree, agree, and we were. We were even ignored by Glad uh, after our second year on the air. They thought they gave us an award for like best new drama series uh, because we were the only gay drama series ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and they gave us that, that award the first year. Uh, and then they, we pretty much never heard from them again. Um, and the same thing applied to like, you know, we were getting all the numbers and attention that, you know, you'd get for an Emmy, you know, consideration. Uh, but we, because of the intensity of, of how we dealt with gay storylines on the show, they, they, I think it scared them off, quite frankly. Well, you know, here's a question that I had regarding that series, and because mm-hmm. you know, you're, uh, there, are, you know, many members of the cast were straight, and, and I was just yep. wondering, did that impact your dating life at all? Because you guys were so, uh, I mean. I don't know. I've never played a gay character in any sort mm-hmm. form of, you know, of entertainment. I was just curious. Did it have any impact where you people actually assumed you were gay? Uh, yeah, a lot of people did, and some still do. It, but as far as dating life, it's interesting because what it brings out of the woodwork is um, women who don't mind, who think, you know, you're kind of tacitly bisexual and are attracted to that idea. Um it, you know, they're a little disappointed when you're not. Almost huh. that's that's more of the circumstance that comes really? from that. Really? Wow. Yeah. So there's a major um, upside. I have to think about that one. Sure. There's there's something for everybody out there. All I mean, right. there's there's a there's a broad spectrum of you know of acceptable sexual behavior, uh, and everything has its audience these days. I think what is it? Rule thirty nine. If there, if it exists, there's a porn of it on the internet, and uh, that you know that concept. I think applies to interpersonal relationships too. That being said, um, it, it can be tough to take when you're doing such regular sex scenes for your partner in real life. Right. Um, and they're like, you know, you were just kissing this person all day or whatever. Do you trust them? You know, you know, and that, you know, that created it. You know, that's, that's true of sort of normal jealousy that, that occurs no matter whether it's straight or gay sex scenes. Um, whether you're straight or gay and, you know, because there's been plenty of gay men over the years who have partners who've had straight sex scenes. Um, True. You know, and I'm sure came home to jealous partners yeah. about it just because, uh, you know, 
were, were you really not enjoying it or what was going on? You know, that, that's going to happen in interpersonal relationships. It just is. Yeah, I, uh, that's my goal someday to have to deal with that issue. So, all right, well, we'll check out Mr. Hal Sparks' radio show each Saturday on WCPT and also on his YouTube channel. Uh, catch his show Lab Rats on the Disney Channel. Check out his band right, Zero One. Uh, his uh, material's available on iTunes. Is that correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, super. So thanks a lot, man, for calling in again. We love you, all right? My pleasure. Absolutely. Anytime. One of these days we'll, we'll manage to do it face-to-face if we get it. That would be super. Mr. House. Spots. Awesome. All right. Yeah, this is, this has been Charlie Murphy on the Spud Goodman Show, where we put it down for real. That's right. All right, once again, Janice Lives, a live musical celebration of Janice Joplin. Please don't you do it to me, babe 
is a Spud Goodman Show. This is a Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, it's that time, Spud. Ted Marr is holding All for right. you. All right. That dude is really an interesting man. Do his intro. Oh, okay. Uh, Ted Marr's Out of This World radio show can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific, on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle, and on the web also. Okay, you know, I learn something new every time I speak with this guy. Put him on. Oh, you got it. All right, it's time again for our Out of This World segment with Ted Marr. Thanks for calling in tonight, man. Well, thank you, Spud, for, uh, for taking my call. No problem. Hey, as one of the leading experts in the world on the paranormal and alien life among us, tonight I wanted to run by you my concerns if, as you said on our show, um, there are really alien creatures in our neighborhoods as I speak. I, I think you call them repti- reptilians. What happens if they decide to, like, commandeer some of the strategically important places that Americans love, like Disney World, the Mall of America, or like an In-N-Out drive-in? There would be panic in the streets. Well, there probably would, but just like on Star Trek, but it's very interesting. There is a policy, at least on the surface, of non-interference. Um, and, and as far as the different species, there are lots of different species of aliens here. There's the reptilians, um, there's humans from, uh, from other galaxies. Um, so we've got different, different aliens uh, with different agendas here on the planet. So I guess what you're saying, Ted, is, is that not all of them uh, wear a black hat. There's some of them that are, that are pretty decent uh, individuals. Is that what you're saying? Do you remember the Clint Eastwood movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? Yes. Well, there's some good ones, there's some bad ones, and there's some ugly ones. There, <laughs> there's, um, there, there's two main groups who visit this planet. One's called the Galactic Alliance. Yes. They're all benevolent, mostly human, not all. They, uh, they care about us deeply, and we're actually descended from them. Uh, they're between fifty to 100,000 years ahead of us technologically, and anywhere between thirty to 50,000 years um, ahead of us uh, spiritually. They are uh, positive uh, entities. Um, they believe in service to others, and they're based upon love. Um, a second group uh, is called the reptilians, loosely called the reptilians. They are negative energies, uh, negative entities. They feed off war and negativity, and they look at humans kind of like um, we look at cattle, a food source. Um, they're not very nice, um, and those are the ones that, who should be avoided. Did you uh, mention that Dick Cheney was uh, a member of that organization, of that 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 uh, subgroup? Well, I think Mr. Cheney, with all due respect, has been greatly influenced by the negative reptilians. I don't think he's a reptilian himself, although I think he has been influenced by them. Spud, ask Ted. Excuse me, I am deep in a discussion about a very important topic. I don't need the peanut gallery interrupting me right now. Well, I just felt a good follow-up question would be to ask if any of the reptilians had a financial interest, you know, in the stock market with any of the defense contractors. Listen, I put a lot of thought into what I asked my guests, okay? Please keep your thoughts to yourself. All right, now where was I? So do, 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 do any of those reptilians have, like, any action in the stock market? Like, do any of them hold uh, any sort of shares in Halliburton or any of the other multinational corporations that, that make a lot of money on war? I was just curious. I mean, it's a logical question to ask. Well, you know, it's very interesting you ask that because um, I'm going to be having on, um, on my, my out-of-this-world radio show one of these days a gentleman named Dr. Michael Sala. 
And Dr. Sala is from Hawaii. He's one of the world's most interesting and I consider one of the most foremost experts on UFOs, uh, Spud. And he's written, there's actually um, something called the ICC of five different companies on this planet. It's called the Intergalactic um, uh, uh, Contortion, something like along those lines. And it's made up of Boeing, McDonnell Douglas, and three other companies whose names escape me now. But they're major arms manufacturers, and what they do is that they um, they make money off the trade with the reptilians in terms of technology. They get technology, I knew and it. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what they give in return. But Halliburton, I believe, is part of that consortium. Absolutely. All right. Uh, super. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much, Ted, for sharing your wisdom with us all. Um, I, I guess I would include the reptilians, too, as I'm sure they have, like, radios in their flying saucers. So, anyway, <laughs> so we're going to talk again, right? You're going to call in again because I, I just love this segment. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love your show, too, Sudden. Thank you so much for taking my call and giving me the opportunity to share some of this out-of-this-world information with you and your listeners. All right, Mr. Ted Marr. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It smells really good. Hey, before I take a knee, I should say again how happy I am, Gina, that you're back with us again. Oh, thank you, Spud. Hey, would you mind if I brought the baby in from time to time? I, I won't distract so. me. Yeah, well, I'm okay with that because I had to babysit my neighbor Latasha's kid, Donald, during a few shows, so I sure can't say no, but you're not going to have to change diapers here in the studio because I made Donald hold it until the show is over. Mm, probably, Come but on, maybe only once or twice in the first hour, and I can wait till the post-show to do anything that's really smelly. All right. You know, I don't want to sound judgmental here, but don't you think a responsible parent would make plans for backup child care should the need arise? I know I sure wouldn't bring my kids to the studio. Yeah, thank God I've seen your kids on those hokey Facebook videos your wife posts every few days and they look like hooligans. You, you need to keep them away from the studio because there's too many breakable things, man. <laughs> uh, listen, our two oldest have been seeing somebody about their poor impulse control, but you don't need to worry about them as the wife would never let them visit the studio because she feels your impulse control Mine? is non-existence, I, but yeah. Yours. I don't have poor impulse control. My impulse control is just fine. Spud, who are you kidding with that one? Your impulse control has gotten you in trouble a ton. So please go get some help before your career's officially done. All right, I got to sign off now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show. No more a waste of your time than other vacuous programs currently on the air. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. of the best of Northwest music.
This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I'll be your host for tonight's Spud Goodman Post Show Report. And you know what? I'm, I'm excited here. I, I got to announce tonight. My co-host Gina has returned from maternity leave, girl. God, you know how, you have no idea how much we've been missing you, how much I've been missing you. Well, I have missed you too, Lawrence. I have to say, it wasn't that tough of a call to choose to come back and to get a couple hour break from changing diapers and and the whole feeding routine. My significant other was real cool about picking up the slack while I'm here, so I'm ready to go. The truth be told, I can take or leave doing the first hour on the Spud Show, but the post show report with you is so much fun to do oh yeah it's just a blast you know i gotta tell you though we had a really pretty tough time just getting by here without you you know i, I was to be honest with you i was kind of giving it thought if i want to even want to continue doing the show without you super here. Um, i'm just being honest i'm being real you know our chemistry you and i it, it's what makes this show special. hey uh guys i'm sitting right here waiting to be acknowledged i mean i'm a pretty big part of the show too and i was pretty much spot on during gina's maternity leave actually you Hold know what i thought i was did, did you just say that you were a really big part of the show. You know, I like you and all that stuff, but you're kind of exaggerating. Come well, on, man. I mean, it's look, all I'm saying is I thought I did a pretty good job filling in when when needed while Gina was gone. I mean, bringing in those fill-in female co-hosts would never have worked without me carrying them. Yeah, yeah. I listened to a few of their shows, and it seemed like you continue to have problems coexisting with women in the workplace, especially strong women. Well, you know what? I don't agree with that. Some of my best friends are women. Okay, maybe not close friends, but really more like acquaintances and they all think I'm really cool. I mean, I get a ton of friend requests on Facebook from females. If they didn't like me, they wouldn't want to be my friend. Hold on a second. When you say a turn, how much is that? I mean, look, I'll tell you this. I myself have had a a few friends in it that request uh, on Facebook and whatnot from exotic dancers and call girls and asking me to meet them up and stuff. Yeah, that's that's for real. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're all over Facebook and Twitter now. You can't get away from them. You know, I, I, they usually just look for the most pitiful guy hey. who looks like he's easy marks. You know, at least that's what, that's what I, I hear, you know. So, you know what I did? I changed my profile pic. You know, I wanted to make it look like I was more confident and aloof. I'm thinking maybe that'll scare him away. Well, let's all try to get along here. So, Derek, I'm glad you are here tonight to handle our celebrity highlights. Super. Yes, I'm glad you're back. And I am more than prepared to contribute a lot more than just being celebrity highlights. I wanted to bring up the possibility of maybe doing a brief solo piece during the show, a monologue dealing with something maybe from the news. Hold on a second. We're just going to see how the show goes before we consider adding something else to the schedule. All right. You know, you know, you, you know how we're always running behind. It's, it's always consistent, you know, yeah. but I tell you, it, it's good to know that, that, you know, you're ready if for some reason that we run short and we got to fill the time with something you know but right now i gotta introduce our panel here hey we gotta say hello to tj sitting in for dave hey tj how you doing there yeah life's great oh nice <laughs> nice and of course we got an engineer mike with us hey mike how you doing there hey i'm doing great bud good to hear good to hear oh yeah we got ex intern our ex in actually no we got our new intern here from pierce college johnny hoffner hey johnny how you doing tonight hey welcome my boy all right, it's good to have you here. Uh, you know what? Now here, um, we're gonna start with some music. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little something from a member of the Rat Pack. 
We're talking Mr. Sammy Davis Jr. and his cover of What Kind of Fool Am I? And then, after that, we have the, the still occasionally active Northwest band, Squirt, with their classic pizza chicken burger. This one is live. Somebody hit play. What kind of fool am I? Thank you. Who never fell in love? It seems that I'm the only one that I have been thinking of. What kind of man is this who could not see what could be seen by almost everyone but me. What kind of lips are these that lied with every kiss, that whispered empty words of love that left me alone like this why can't i fall in love like any other man and maybe then i'll know what kind of What kind of clown am I? What do I know of life? Why can't I cast away this mask of play and live my Good song. Isn't that a good song? Written by Tony Newman.
stage of everybody that was uh, in the Squirt family and for a photo op. <laughs> that would be gay. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. No offense to gay people. There's nothing wrong with that, but that would be kind of... Nephew's here, he's studying music in college.
chicken burger, chicken burger, pizza, chicken burger, pizza, chicken burger, oh yeah, uh, we, whoa, wow. Alright, alright, we got Sherry Vox Johnson and Janice Lives, a, a live musical celebration of Janice Joplin. And now, talk about Janice Joplin here, you know, I don't know if she ever had a rap sheet if she did any time, but let me ask you you all here, did any of you guys did hard time? I want to see if we have any commonalities between me and any of you. I, I, I was married once, if oh. that counts. Oh man, marriage, <laughs> that counts as really hard time. Yeah, that's a long stretch right there. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? That's fairly hard time. You know, any time is time, boy. It, it just goes on. It marches on, I say. But okay, let now, now, Sherry. Now, what what age were you when you first discovered that you you sounded just like Janis Joplin? Now, now, were you singing in the shower? <laughs> Did it just kind of happen? What happened there? I'm I'm still discovering how much I sound like her. Actually, I surprise myself sometimes. Um, you know, when I started on. Uh, on the local music scene, singing live, and people started telling me how much I sounded like her. That's really what got it going. Yeah, yeah, because you got her dialed. I got, I got, I got a pr- mad props to you on that. Now, now, okay. but what about other famous singers that have like passed on? Maybe like Mama Cass, uh, Amy Winehouse. Maybe you got kind of a genre knack with the uh, the late singers. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> right, you never know, right? Because <laughs> uh, I see you got the look too. I mean, uh, now, now, how hard was it to to nail Janis Joplin's uh, style of clothes? You know, to do the show like this because you know she was really cool and she had a really cool look about her. Yeah, I've, I've spent many days uh, hunting uh, in the Goodwills and the Salvation Armies for for my wardrobe. Yeah, well, you nailed it. You just hit just the right places, I must say. Yeah. Yeah, I got pretty lucky. Nice. So now, now, what's the last song that you guys are going to do for us tonight? We're going to do Peace of My Heart. Peace of My Heart. All right.
Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, Gina, well, you know, I don't know if you missed this or not, but, you know, now we get to see Derek do his thing. I oh. think she missed it. I don't know. I Let, would, let's see if you can really bring it today. I would miss and it. And then she can judge. If we didn't have this, I would miss it. Yeah. I, if I, I wasn't me that. and I wasn't doing this. I think anyway. you would miss it if you weren't you. Yeah. Yeah, he would. So our first clip of the night, we've got Spud talking to Rob Schneider about his new film with his good buddy Adam Sandler and asks him if Adam has ever lost his cool on set. You have a new film also uh, with Adam Sandler, The Ridiculous Six. Is it in the can or soon to be in the can or maybe someday will be no. in the can? It's done. It's done. It's done, done, done. Oh. It we're just, um, we're, um, uh, it's going to come out on Netflix in, um, uh, December. Oh. So, uh, yeah, and I just saw it. And it's, I think it's Adam's best movie. So I'm really excited about that. I hope people really like it and they'll get a chance to see it in their own homes and uh, just on Netflix. So that seems to be the destination place these days. It really does. Yeah, why not? I like it. Um, well, uh, they, they've been great. A lot of freedom. It Off the record, is Sandler pretty low-key on the set or does he occasionally go all Christian Bale on the crew members? Because I haven't really seen any clips oh, of him no, losing he, it. I've never seen him do that one time. Never. He's just a complete gentleman. And, you know, he knows how to get the best out of people. But by the way, just, just for the record, as far as that's concerned, Christian Bale had every right to lose his shit on that one. Yeah. I defend him as an actor. You know, you can't have a guy. I mean, I mean, it is, you shouldn't scream at other people in public. or, But, like, he had a right to be angry. That guy should not have walking around with a guy doing his scene. You know, that was just crazy. So, I mean, I understand the guy being upset. Yeah, the Christian Bale, was he upset about their movie? What was he upset? What is he talking about? The, uh, when he was working on one of the Batmans, I think one of the crew started walking during a powerful emotional scene of his and oh. flipped his stuff. He broke He broke the, the, the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah. Wall, he just had a huge... Yeah, the, but I understand that, you know? You, yeah. You're trying to get in the moment and somebody just kind of walks into your little make-believe world. Yeah, like all right. Super. Tried to like talk over me while I was trying to deliver one of the, you know, setups for no, the highlights. You know what? Yeah. He's talking about talking over him? <laughs> You, is it bother people when people talk over you? No, then? it doesn't. It doesn't well, work. then we're not going to talk over you. All right. I promise Good. you. We okay. really won't Thank do you. That. Yeah. All right. We're going to get back to some music here. We're going to start with that Mud Honey and the Elvis Costello cover of Pump It Up. And then we have Lena Lovitch and her tune, Lucky Number.
You know, I, I know we're on such a high note here, guys, and the show's going so well, and I've been doing so great with these highlights and stuff, but I hate to have to bring in some bad news. Um, you get bad news? It really, it really just brings oh, me... Bring us down? really just brings me down to say this, but our friend Ted Marr is back, and he's talking about those pesky reptilians again. Oh. Oh. They're sticking their They're scaly fingers reptilians. in our stock market. Hmm. So do, 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 do any of those reptilians have, like, any action in the stock market? Like, do any of them hold uh, any sort of shares in Halliburton or any of the other multinational corporations that, that make a lot of money on war? I was just curious. I mean, it's a logical question to ask. <laughs> well, you know, it's very interesting you ask that because um, I'm going to be having on, um, on my, my out-of-this-world radio show one of these days a gentleman named Dr. Michael Sawa. And Dr. Sulla is from Hawaii. He's one of the world's most interesting and I consider one of the most foremost experts on UFOs, uh, Spud. And he's written, there's actually um, something called the ICC of five different companies on this planet. It's called the Intergalactic um, uh, uh, Contortion, something like along those lines. And it's made up of Boeing, McDonnell Douglas, and three other companies whose names escape me now. But they're major arms manufacturers, and what they do is that they um, they make money off the trade with the reptilians in terms of technology. Okay? They get technology, I knew and it. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what they give in return. But Halliburton, I believe, is part of that consortium. Absolutely. All right. Uh, super. All right. Well. You know, at first when he, I thought he said McDonald's was part of that consortium. There's McDonald Douglas. I I could totally believe McDonald's. I mean that that food it, it has to come from space. It just never molds or anything. It's yeah. out of this world. That's true. Super. It's a means of control. I think that is reptilian food. Yeah. If you yeah. ask me, McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love McDonald's. I, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't know if but that's reptilian evil. food because I had a lizard once and I tried to give it a chicken McNugget and it didn't even like didn't want to have anything <laughs> to do with it. You know why? Because I probably, would listen to that. Yeah, I think it's, they thought it was eating its own kind. That's that's my suspicion. <laughs> reptiles using reptiles to make reptile he knew, food he knew it was for up. reptiles. Wait a minute, this is my Uncle Steve. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know this guy. He looks familiar <laughs> to me. All right, let's do some more tunes here. How about we start this off with a band that's originally from Detroit, and they're now residing in L.A. It's The Dogs with their song, You Can't Catch Me. After that, we have a great, the great, great, great Merle Haggard and Working Man Blues.
It's a big job getting by with nine kids and a wife. Yeah, but I've been a working man, dang near all my life, and keep on working. Long as my two hands are fit to use. I drink my beer at a tavern and sing a little bit of these working man blues. But I keep my nose on the grindstone, work hard every day. Get tired on the weekend. After I draw my pay, but I go back working. Come Monday morning, I'm right back with the crew. I drink a little beer that evening, sing a little bit of these working man blues. Sometimes I think about leaving, feel a little bummed around. Throw my bills out the window, catch me a train to another town. Back working. I got to buy my kids a brand new pair of shoes. I drink my beer at a tavern and cry a little bit of these working man blues. Here come a working man. is the Spud Goodman post-show report. All right, Dave, you going for a trifecta here? Let's see. Going, going for the treble here. Uh, we're going to wrap it up tonight with a clip from the Hal Sparks interview about his time spent on Queer as Folk and the difficulties of getting recognized by even the biggest gay rights advocation group. In that regard. Well, um, I want to say this as far as your acting uh, career. You, you should have got an award for, for, for your work on Queer as Folk because that was kind of a groundbreaking show, and I, everybody did a lot of... <laughs> Did some great, great stuff Thanks. on that. Yeah. I, I completely agree, agree, and we were we were even ignored by Glad uh, after our second year on the air they thought they gave us an award for like best new drama series uh, because we were the only gay drama series yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and they gave us that that award the first year, uh, and then they, we pretty much never heard from them again. Um, and the same thing applied to like you know we were getting all the numbers and attention that, you know, you'd get for an Emmy, you know, consideration. Uh, but we, because of the intensity of, of how we dealt with gay storylines on the show, they, they, I think it scared them off, quite frankly. Um, and so, yeah, you know, uh, I'm starting to see more of these gay storylines on TV now, you know, with the gay stuff, you know, um, uh, they didn't have it back in the day during Gilligan's Island. I don't ever remember any any gay scenes. However, that Super. would make that show far more interesting. Yeah, maybe. I think. 
can we do like a rewrite of Gilligan's Island with 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 a gay man on there, a gay couple? I think it would make it more interesting. I know? oh, I, I definitely agree. So we should. Is that called there. Survivor? I thought that was <laughs> oh Survivor. Wait, am I thinking of a different show? Like I, I no Survivor didn't have the skipper, did it? Or did it have the skipper? I don't know. Man, you, I need to watch more Survivor. If they've got gay gays on Survivor, yeah, maybe we need to watch more of that. Kind of mix it up a little bit. But Gay Gilligan's Island, let's, let's think about that. I think we should write it. We'll get rich. All right, you know what? We're going to do some more music after this here. We're going to we're gonna lead off with the now defunct San Francisco band, Girls with Lust for Life. And then we have the legendary rockabilly queen, Wanda Jackson, and her tune, Hot Dog.
made him mad So he hugged me and he kissed me And he asked me not to do it again Hey guys, um, if I could just uh, jump in here for a moment before we get into anything else. Uh, what I was thinking of doing each week was just riffing off the top of my head about something in the news this week. You know, sort of like a freestyle rap thing. Wait, wait, and, wait. No, 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 uh, Derek, Dick. You oh, can't rap. God, no. No, uh-uh. no, yeah. no. Come on. I was referring to the process of freestyling where you're, you just, you know, survive on your ability to create on the fly. You know, a stream of consciousness. I think I could fill a few minutes, no problem. Yeah, I don't know. So, oh, problem. all right. Okay, well, give me a chance. Here goes. Okay, Um, how about that? Donald Trump, right? I mean, well, he's such a he's uh he's got horrible hair for one, right? And that he brags a lot. I mean, a lot. And then there's wait, this, wait a minute, hold on a second, hold on a okay. second. Right. Is that Super. the best you got? Is that all you can well, come up with? That sounds like like white noise or something. Come on, Gina, what do you think? Yeah, there? no offense, Derek, but your monologue, if, if that's what you're calling it, it, it needs some work. Let's let's just leave it at that. Well, it takes a little bit for it to get ramped up. I mean, yeah, I didn't even get a no, chance to finish. I was gonna close with my best stuff. Like, what's up with? This? I mean, no, wait Ew. a minute, Derek, Derek. You know, thank you, but ah, boy, you better get back to to working on. You you gotta work it out. You gotta work it out. It's that's rough. Not, no, yeah, off the mm-hmm. cuff, you know, that's kind of more rough cuff but you know i think we better go to some music as a distraction from that you know we're gonna start here with the purrs this is a live recording from spudger last year and this song is the promises we made and following that we've got placeholder with their tune v2 I need to get a message out Stop whatever you're doing Cause I don't have much time 
revolution We're born to let each other down I move on to the next one But I've reached the end of the line It's much harder in the summer With people around each other And I feel so out of step with every crowd I'll wake up in If you pay me $50 Then I'll be right for the slaughter
You know, they're telling me now that we got to sign off here. But, you know, before we do go, I got to say, you add so much to the show. Having you back is just Aww. fantastic, Gina. Thank you so much. You are just fantastic. Well, of course. And you were on top of your game, as always, Lawrence. Oh, it's my you. pleasure Appreciate to work that. with you. And I think I had a pretty good time tonight, too. Uh, next week when I do my monologue, my monologue, I'll be sure to be more on top no. of it. No, well, you know, on top of it, I don't think so. That's not the way I would describe it. You know what I'm, I'm thinking? We need to let our executive producer, Lori Madsen, call in and weigh in on that issue. She needs to say something about it. Well, you know? hey, now, I think I should be able to go to one of those staff meetings that you guys are always going to without me. And I should be able to, like, you know, you voice my to opinion. You take that up with, with Lori Madsen and see what she says about that. Yeah. yeah I feel like I the only time know, I can talk to her is at those meetings and I don't even get to go. Well, you know, that's there's a reason for that. But you know what? I got to say thank you to our panel here. We got TJ sitting in on the soundboard. Good job tonight, TJ. And, he's uh, flipping his hair. Oh, uh, while he's flipping his <laughs> hair, Mike, thank you for chiming in, our engineer here. Oh, you're welcome. We appreciate you. And of course, now we got to thank our newest intern here, Johnny. Nice job here, Good Johnny. Job. Hey, oh, you know, I got to tell you what I tell all the other interns. You got to make sure you always have protection with you. It's very important because, you know, one time slip it up and there's no going back. I got to tell you, you know. Uh, I should be the uh, poster child. She's the example. She's the poster child. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens. You mess up and you miss three months of work. (laughs) See? Yeah. We missed you there. So Uh, so are we going to play some more music? One last song, maybe? Maybe two? I think we can get one more song in here. Yeah. Yeah. But let's let's see what we get. We're going to try this uh, Tokyo Boogie Woogie. And this is by Jane Itai and I keep. The Aiko Bingo. Um, let me try that again. This is the Tokyo Boogie Woogie by Jane Itai and the Aiko Bingo. Until next week. Good night. That was good a, night. That was, that was a solid intro there. Yeah. <laughs>
太鼓叩いて風に踊ろうよ歌おうよ君も酒も愉快な東京ブギウギ君を踊れば世界は一つ同じリズムとメロディーよベビーを一人で歌おうブギのメロディー Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer Lori Madsen, associate producer David Deer. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights Derek Schneider. Our interns are Anna Howell and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. How about that, Donald Trump? Right? I mean, well, he's such a—he's—he's uh, he's got horrible hair for one, right? And that he brags a lot. I mean, a lot. And then there.